0: Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash comedy ad free. That's amazon.com slash comedy ad free. And catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Warning, this podcast contains paranormal, conspiracy,
1: and true crime cases. The nature of these cases may be gory, unsettling, or vulgar. Please be advised. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Creeps and Crimes podcast. I'm Taylor, and I'm Morgan, and this is episode sixty-nine.
0: 69. Oh yeah, getting
1: down and dirty tonight. <laughs> Get into it, yeah. The, the delinquency in us right now, the juvenile, whatever's going on. I honestly that have more we... hype
0: about this one than seventy.
1: Oh, that seventy show.
0: Oh, <gasps> we have to do 70s cases next oh, week. Oh, that
1: would be. Fun. <gasps>
0: that was such an amazing idea, Morgan. Thank you. You
1: are so welcome. Thank you. Anyway, guys, I have been ready for this episode. Me too. Really ready. And let me tell you something. I came up with this topic, not the one I'm speaking about today, but I sent it to Taylor. I was like, I have to do this. And then we were like, well, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe. It's a little inappropriate, but it is going to be featured on our Patreon. Yeah, it's going to so be on our Patreon. If you're on our Patreon, Get ready. Yes, they're going to be. That's going to
0: be a good episode. So if you aren't on our Patreon, you can literally just either go to the link in our bio on any of our social medias. It's a uh, what's the name of that link Link tree. tree? Yeah. And it'll take you directly there. Or if you scroll down into our show notes, like the description for the episode, it's linked in there as well. It just you click the word Patreon and it'll take you directly to our page. It's $5 a month. You get two bonus episodes, some extra content, Um, and if we do a two-parter, we'll release it on there early, unless it's going to be like a next-day release like O.J. Simpson. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But really, that's it. So you can hop on there and join that, and then you will also get the first pick in our new merch that'll be coming soon. Yes, so
1: um, Morgan, you want to tell them about our socials? Yeah, I want to tell you about our socials. You can follow us on Instagram at Creeps and Crimes Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Creeps underscore crimes you can follow us on tiktok at creeps and crimes um, should we throw it back to follow my own yes. at morg.m double the G double the G and you can
0: follow my personal at Taylor J with an A with an A with an A bitch <laughs> alright so we're not gonna really drag on this intro because um, we have a lot more that we need to say so that would take like probably about 15 minutes so we're going to move our um, updates on life to our TFU section so for a lot yeah. of people this is their first TFU if you don't know what a TFU is it's our totally fucked up Session, which is where we just let it fly and tell you everything that we want to, and using whatever language we choose to. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes it's accompanied by about four to five glasses of wine, but not tonight.
1: Exactly. Not tonight. Yeah, not tonight. But um, okay, we want to read some reviews. Yes. Correct? We're gonna jump you, uh get you guys
0: updated with some new reviews that we got. We're gonna have to um, split them in half though, because thank, there's so many.
1: Yeah, thank you guys. There's literally so many that we can't read them all in. Oh, one so intro. <laughs> So first, I want to start with Miss Janeth Carolina. Thank you, Janeth. She I, the title's kind of cut off, but it says one of the top crime podcasts in my book, my book. Um, It's a five star review. It says I have now listened to all episodes and I have to say I truly enjoy listening to you guys talk about all things creepy and crimey. Definitely makes my workday go by fast. Not only do you guys deliver great stories, but you make it interesting and fun to listen to. Keep up the good work. You guys are doing amazing. Can't wait to hear more stories from both of you.
0: Oh, thank you thank so you, much. Um, The next review we have is from Dixie and it says Taylor Jane in all caps with five stars. And it says, I am obsessed with true crime. So when I saw that Taylor had a podcast, I had to listen since I've known her since she was like 12. Um, I was not disappointed. Great job, girls. I've been binging for two weeks now. My new favorite. Thank you so much, Dixie. And Thank also you, Dixie. Dixie's mother passed away this past weekend. Oh, so goodness. we just wanted to tell you that we're sending you so much love and, and happiness and light and we're just praying for your family. Oh. You
1: got so the next sad. one? Yeah. The next one set is from J Leo too. It says O M G. Five-star review. Ooh. Love this. Started listening this weekend on a whim after watching Taylor's TikTok. Made it to Ep7. And I need y'all to look back at this and hit it again because you recorded this in 2020. But now in 2022, it really makes me go, hmm. <laughs> and this, what they're referring to is the Georgia Guidestones. Yep. So maybe... we, we
0: even knew we were going to have to go back to that one. Yeah. Because it was just too much all yep. at once. The next one we have is from... Shaw, Shaw, underscore 10. Shay. Uh, And it says creeps with a black heart. Love that. Um, Five stars. When I tell you I found their podcast by a freaking TikTok. I am binging all of the episodes from one. So cool to hear all these creepy stories, true crime and aliens. I like all the things. Keep on creeping, ladies.
1: Love it. Amazing. And our last one for today, it is by Wildman 200, and it is titled Phenomenal. It is a five-star review. It says, to say this was well done is an understatement. These girls are well-versed in their subject matter, and it shows. I honestly find it hard to believe that this is their first podcast show ever. I would recommend this to anyone who is looking to learn about past crimes and just interesting subject matter. Thank you, Wild Thanks, Man. Thanks, Wild Man. All right, so
0: that's it. You ready to hit them with it? Let's hit them with it. If you're driving, throw that shit on cruise control. If you got a glass, pour that shit up.
1: And let's get creepy.
0: Okay, Morgan, what do you have for us today?
1: Okay. First, I need to say, if you are a Patreon member, I am sorry, but I'm going on an asylum binge oh, um, because Waverly Hill was just too good of a story. It was so good. So again, if you're not on Patreon, get on there and listen to that because that was a really good story. So today, I'm going to be talking about the Airedale Mental Hospital, or originally known as the Ararat Lunatic Asylum. Ooh. Um, these are... Um, locations in Australia so I'm really sorry if I am mispronouncing those names before I start let's do some sources aridel.com.au um, wiki the little house of horrors.com the jward.org.au into the portal.com weekend notes vlog and a YouTube um so located just outside of Victoria Australia is a rural city known as Ararat There sits the building that used to be the Airedale Mental Hospital. In the mid-1800s, when gold was first discovered in Victoria, Australia, thousands of people immigrated to the area to attempt their search for the gold. It's a gold rush. But unfortunately, it was pretty hard to come by. It wasn't like picking flowers. (laughs) Um, And people were losing their minds over this. Unfortunately, also at this time, criminals that today would be argued clinically insane were being placed in regular prisons where they weren't receiving the proper care that they oh, needed to get better. So the government and officials did what they thought was best, and that was to build a facility that would separate the, quote, insane criminals from the healthy-minded criminals. In the 1860s, they began to build the Ararat Insane Asylum. With it came two sister asylums, the Q and Beechworth. Mm. All three asylums were put in place to accommodate the growing number of the mentally unstable in the area of Victoria. The asylums were designed by G.W. Vivian and John James Clark. Each building flowed with each other as they were all influenced by Vivian's designs. Mm-hmm. And um, G.W. Vivian was a very well-known designer and architect. Oh. Um, designer. Yes. The building opened in 1865 and it housed the first group of patients or what they referred to them as the first inmates. Similar to the Waverly Hills Asylum featured on our last Patreon episode, the Airedale Asylum was built as a town within a town. They had their own garden where they harvest their own vegetables, their own orchards, vineyards, as well as their own stock that they farmed and butchered on their own grounds. It contained a total of 63 buildings all ranging in original construction dates from 1860 to 1991. Oh, so they wow. were just adding on adding on for 130 years. Yeah, it's the University of Tennessee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the most talked about feature of this little asylum town is something called the Ha Ha Walls.
0: Oh, I don't like that. I do not like it. They
1: get their name from basically being a giant illusion. The Ha Ha Walls surround most of the complex, and from the inside they look very tall and are impossible to climb to escape. Mm-hmm. But from the outside, the walls don't look that high. Making the public that's passing by think that, okay, well, these patients, they're not subject to, like, imprisonment. Right. And, like, they can get out if they want, you know? Yeah. Um, so, basically, what they would do was they dig this ditch, but at, like, an incline. Oh. And then the wall would be built up. So, from the other side, it seemed like just a little bit above surface level. But from the inside, you had to... It was like, you know, like a 20-foot a, wall. Yeah. So here's a diagram, and this is going to be in our highlight reel for episode 69, if you guys want to take a look. On our Instagram. Yes, on Holy our Instagram. Holy shit. So they'd build it down like this. they dig this out, and then they build this giant wall. So from here, they're like, oh, just oh, a little it's so gate. Nice. Yeah, it's so cute Just a little, a little gate. fence. Yeah. <laughs> the ironwork is great. And the people it, on the inside are like, oh, my God. Is this what Trump wanted to do? <laughs> no, too far. Um... Unfortunately, the patients were, in fact, not patients. They were in prison. To be committed to the asylum, it only took two signatures. And to be released, it took eight signatures. Where's the fairness? Exactly. So, basically, no one ever left once they were admitted. And it was way fricked up, like, the way people were getting people admitted. Like, they would do it, like, if you did me wrong, I'd be like, yo, sign sign her in. Like, for example, um, they... The website, the Airedale website used this as an example. They said that the men who grew tired of their wives for whatever reason (gasps) would like pull favors like with their doctor friends or like their cop friends (gasps) or whatever and have their wife locked up for no reason. That's literally like the Salem witch trials. Yeah. So at this point, the asylum had prisoners. They had people who were not crazy. Just like getting like, what's the? What's just it? getting put away because people didn't like them or men were just assholes exactly and then you might have had some quote mentally unstable mm-hmm. um and then you also had your people who were you know diagnosed with autism oh, and God. things like that that are totally totally different fine. Like, and don't need to be treated you don't need to as be put away exactly um isn't this for inmates too like dangerous people are involved in this right like and we're putting just civilians like yeah like everyone was getting thrown in there so while we know it housed both prisoners and those deemed mentally unstable these patients were housed together like the prisoners with these people that needed to be put away um with normal people until December of 1886. And then they finally were like, okay, well, maybe we should separate the prisoners. <laughs> so they deemed one of the buildings um, something called the J Ward. The J Ward was strictly catered to anyone who was detained in like any nearby jail or reformatory mm-hmm. school or those from Airedale that had like extreme cases of insanity and were subjected to confinement, Like they would pull them out of the regular asylum and put them in the J-Ward. Got it. So the J-Ward was supposed to be a like temporary solution as they were finishing up construction on a building that would strictly house just the criminally insane. Got it. Um, this building was known as Sunbury. And That's when Sunbury name. was finished, they decided that, well, Sunbury is only going to house the females and then all males will remain at J-Ward. So, J. Ward housed a couple of infamous criminals in its time, or to the asylum, they were the infamous criminals, Um, one being Mr. Gary Webb. Gary, one morning before his admittance into Airedale's J. Ward, went to a pizza shop on the Mornington Peninsula with the sole intention of robbing it. But he was spotted by an off-duty police officer. When this officer intervened, Gary shot him. He then proceeded to shoot the woman who owned the pizza shop, leaving her to live out the rest of her life in a wheelchair. Oh, God. Gary was arrested and sentenced to 14 years in prison, but eight years with good behavior. Um, Good behavior wasn't in Gary's vocabulary. Once he was in prison, and this is not the J-Ward, this is regular prison, mm-hmm. he wrote to the media almost every day, as well as politicians, threatening the citizens of the Mornington Peninsula, threatening the politicians with their lives. <sighs> um, so the politicians and other law enforcement became kind of scared of what Gary was going to do once yeah. he got out. So they decided to put him behind the walls of the J-Ward. Oh, no. Here, Gary Webb became a self-mutilator. So throughout his lifespan at the Airedale Asylum in the J Ward, there is 70 recorded accounts of Gary cutting off bits and pieces of his own body. He cut his penis off (gasps) three times. They sewed it back on and after the third time. It was just like it was too gone. Like you couldn't attach it. So, yes, the first two times I'm like, they not, you're not getting on.
0: your penis back. You already chopped it off once. Like, we right. put it back on. Like, no right. more. Like, it's really... It's on it's a really strike you mess- out.
1: It's, <laughs> it's really messed up right now, Gary. Yeah, Gary, you really <laughs> did a number on your dick. Okay, man?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: keep it together, dude. Oh, shit. Um, another known criminal is Mr. Bill Wallace, who was J-Ward's oldest inmate. Oh. In 1926, Bill was a suspect in the murder of a man in a cafe in Melbourne. The deceased man um, walked into Waterloo Cafe and sat down and lit up a cigarette. Well, Mr. Bill Wallace hated smoking at the time. So he's like, hey, man, put it out. But at the time, you could smoke anywhere. I mean, we smoked in Cracker Barrel when we were little. Well, not us, but our parents. (laughs) When we were three years old, we were lighting up cigarettes in the middle of Cracker Barrel. (laughs) No, not really, but... No, Not even our parents either. No, it was more <laughs> like, <laughs> like
0: our grandparents,
1: but oh, uh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> both of our moms are like, What the hell? Don't tell <laughs> everyone that I smoked in a cracker barrel with you when you were three. Um yeah, no, my mom didn't. Neither <laughs> did Tanya. I don't yeah, know. neither
0: did Tanya. Neither did Chip or Bucky. So. <laughs> oh
1: my god. So Bill Wallace is like, dude, put the cigarette out. Well, this guy's like, Why? Why? Like, why do I need to listen to you? So Bill walked outside. He waited outside the cafe for him to leave. And he shot him dead on the street. He was pissed. We don't smoke inside and we don't bring guns inside. But outside, it's okay. Yeah. He was arrested by a police officer nearby who heard the gunshot. And once arrested, um, Bill Wallace refused to answer any questions or talk about the murder. So there were no witnesses. And he never admitted to the crime the law enforcement wanted him locked up. They knew that he was guilty. So before his trial, they found him unfit to plead, unfit to plead, not guilty, unfit to plead guilty, and declared him insane by two doctors. He was sentenced to be held at the J Ward at Airedale Asylum at the governor's pleasure, meaning that the governor could hold him there as long as he wanted to and would only release him when he was convinced that he was cured. My mouth is on the floor. So Bill goes to the J-Ward, and Bill is quiet as all can be. He refused to speak to any doctors, so he was never released. Like, he wasn't being cured because he was just keeping to himself. Yeah, he's like, I'm not talking. He spent the next 64 <gasps> years of his life institutionalized until he died at the age of 107. <gasps> Holy shit. But what's ironic about this whole story is that Bill was the heaviest smoker in the J Ward. <laughs> they said that he would smoke like this government issued tobacco that came in 50 pound blocks and he'd smoke it all in a week. Another block, please. (laughs) Can I please get another block, please? So maybe he didn't shoot the guy, you know? Yeah, that's what I am thinking. I'm like, did he really do it then? Yeah, poor Bill. And he preferred to be called Mr. Wallace. And everyone said that he was always a real gentleman. He wore a suit every single day. And each year, he had the staff come in and measure him for his annual suit fitting, (laughs) where he would buy his suits from a store inside Airedale, because it was like its own town, called Foster's. Um, But while Mr. Wallace seemed to be a quiet, keep to himself kind of gentleman, he was fully capable of beating somebody's ass. Oh, got it. At the age of 100. No. One night in the dining hall, an inmate asked him if he could have the last slice of bread on his plate but before he could answer the inmates hand was already reaching for this piece <gasps> of bread and I hate that shit. I hate that you wait your turn but I do that shit to Logan too. yeah I'm like I'll just yeah I'll have a bite it's, it's like in my hand can I have this you yeah. care um, so <laughs> anyway this guy is reaching for his piece of bread and Mr. Wallace picks up his fork and stabs him in his hand <laughs> because clearly he didn't want to share his <laughs> <Yeah>. fucking bread <laughs> don't take his fucking bread oh. or his tobacco blocks oh, right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> tobacco blocks and bread off freaking limits on his his 100th birthday the staff gifted him a chess set because he loved to play chess um this chess board is still on display as what is now the jay ward museum he only got it for seven years they waited they waited till he turned 100 to give him so i guess once his 100th birthday came around it it kind of went a little public and the public got word that there was a 100 year old man man institutionalized so a petition quickly started to get him released after three years of petitioning, at the age of 103, the government agreed to release him, but Mr. Wallace didn't want to go. I mean, yeah, He's like, like his exact his exact words were quote Don't be fucking silly. I love it here." <laughs>
0: I mean so, really though Like he spent 60 something years yeah, there Yeah Like what's he gonna do He's like uh, He probably has no family left Like yeah And like honestly It's probably the best situation For him to be that old And have like 24 hour people Checking on him Right Instead of
1: having to pay For
0: hospice Yeah
1: so he was moved out Of the freaking J ward Thank, thank god. god And moved to the geriatric ward At Airedale And he passed away One month short Of his and eighth birthday
0: That pisses me off When that happens Like Benny White Like are yeah. you serious Yeah Can we not have
1: waited Angel like please Right. so now before I move on from the J ward and these men we have to talk about something called the bird story so in the center of the backyard like where the patients had you know authorization to go to once a day like the yard in the Mm -hmm. prison you know um, there was an aviary and apparently there was like some pretty exotic expensive birds there Mm. in the aviary on the floors of the cages were these like metal sheet trays that were filled with sand to catch bird poop oh shit Well, one night during the last round for the nurses, one of the patients who was always like pretty quiet, stayed out of trouble, started hinting to the nurses like, I know something you don't. (laughs) I know something something you will never know. know. (laughs) Anyway, so he led them on for about an hour like, well, what what are you going to do for me? Like if I tell you what I know. And then eventually told them that the patients in the J ward we're planning on racing to the yard to recover the pieces of metal from the birdcages that following morning, um, use handkerchiefs to wrap them up around the metal, creating a handle, turning it into a dagger, and then killing everyone on the staff and escaping out the front door. Uh, okay. So the nurses are like, okay, well, we're going to keep this quiet because we don't really know if this guy's telling the truth. Right. But also, we don't want to die. Yeah. So while everyone was settled in for the night, the nurses on duty went out to the yard. They released all of the exotic (gasps) birds, the expensive ass exotic birds in the aviary, and they smashed the cages and they threw them outside of the wall. Of course, when morning came, the patients did race out with handkerchiefs to get their weapon, only to find that it was all gone. I that's, bet that guy got the shit beat out of him. Yeah, that's the bird story. Um, so anyway, you guys are all probably just really confused why, like, all these patients would attempt to escape. Like, it didn't seem that bad. I yeah. mean, heck, Mister Wallace wanted to stay there. He would have stayed there for sixty more years. He if wore suits. He got tobacco he, delivered. <laughs> he, he beat lived, people's ass over bread. He lived his life, but unfortunately, in its one hundred and forty years of operation, thirteen thousand people died on its grounds. Mm. It was a hot spot for unnecessary lobotomies. While all lobotomies are unnecessary, yes. we have to remember that most patients in the facility were simply either just criminals or they are locked away because they could be. They were, you know, healthy human, healthy minded human right. beings. They were receiving lobotomies. And even still, like... People that struggle with mental health don't deserve to get lobotomies. Right, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not justifying that at all. Um, Lobotomies were performed regularly at Airedale in order to, quote, cure the patients of any and all diseases. The youngest patient lobotomized was 12 years old. What? Yes. They also subjected their patients to electroshock therapy, brain, like open brain surgery without (sighs) anesthesia because it didn't exist, and other experimental procedures like sewing your dick on three times. Yeah. Um, And even worse was the patients that were due for their surgery next would sit outside in these waiting rooms that were right outside the like surgical room Mm -hmm. and they would hear it all being like unfolded and like people just screaming in pain and begging them to stop and the patients that were due to be next were able to watch it through the door (gasps) and knowing that that was going to happen to them next. Um, They would often leave their patients naked in their cells um, with no restroom where they would like defecate wherever they wanted and then themselves and their selves would just be hosed down at the end of the day. That's horrific. There was an abortion chair that was used regularly as well as a rape chair. Uh, Speechless. I know. I should have said a trigger warning. Sorry. Um, It's okay. There were day pens, like think of like a pig pen that patients were like thrown into like by the hundreds. Um, they were thrown into them every day, regardless of the weather. So a lot of people died of like hypothermia or a heat stroke, just depending on whatever the weather was. Yeah. Um, the morgue wasn't built sufficiently or staffed appropriately, which would leave bodies outside in the sun, resulting in them drying up. Um, people who worked at the morgue would also tie human limbs to branches of the trees to let... All of the body fluids drain out of the body. Whose idea was that? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Oh, my God. So, yes, you guys know that this shit is haunted. Haunted. Um, In between the men's and women's ward, there is an area outside called the bridge that would connect both of the wards. Um, This was commonly known as the suicide walk. Oh, and many chose their escape on the bridge because imprisonment behind the walls of Airedale was more of a death sentence than a treatment plan. Wow. Today, those that pass over the bridge have reported feeling their arms and legs being pulled back or pulled toward the edge of the bridge. Oh, shit. According to Ghost Cases, Australia's YouTube like documentary... Um, There were only three official documented executions that were carried out on the property. And again, I use the word official, documented, very lightly. Very lightly. Um, And their bodies were buried unnaturally, making them stand upright in a shallow grave that was unmarked and their heads were above the ground. I am speechless. Yeah. Yeah. Those that received this capital punishment were originally charged with murder prior to their admittance into the asylum. Like if they weren't, like it was more of like you have this much to get this long to get better, and if you're not, then wow, you're gonna be buried standing up, head out of the ground. Um, so let's talk about some notorious ghost figures. Um, first we have one of the early superintendents of the asylum. For whatever reason, it's unknown. He. Killed himself by drinking prussic acid. I'm probably butchering that word. I don't know what that is. Um, when in his office, visitors will often report experiencing a strange taste in their mouth, as well as having a really hard time breathing. Um, next, we have is George Fidemont, who was the last governor of the jail before it turned into J. Ward. In 1886, he was showing a group around the J. Ward when he was coming down the steps on the opposite side of the wall. When he reached the bottom of the steps, he suffered a massive heart attack and died right then and there. Today, you can hear the spirit of George Fidemont travel up and down the stairs with very loud, like firm boots, like almost like a metal like boot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Sometimes you can also hear him following you up or following you down the stairs only to turn around and see that nobody is there. Um, That spirit is said to be Governor George Fidemont. All right, Governor. Sometimes you can hear, oh, sorry, Next, the next person on our list today is Nurse Carrie. Nurse Carrie haunts the woman's ward and can be seen watching tour groups for, from a distance. People that have seen her say that she is staring, like, down your soul. Like, she has a stare that is just so cold. Oh, God. Um, And she's usually, like, out and, like, like far away from you, but you know she's staring directly at you. Um, and it will, her stare is so cold that compels people to like leave her ward. Oh God. Like a hateful. You know that you're not wanted there. Yeah. While some say Carrie was a sweet nurse, others say differently. At one time she had attempted to force a patient to eat, but after the patient refused, nurse Carrie grabbed a long metal spoon, shoved it down her throat. The patient began coughing up blood and died right there in the cafeteria. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Nurse Carrie was not a sweet person. Not like, a good what sweet
0: f- nurse. Not like, how can they
1: be like her? A- she was so oh, nice. Oh, she was so nice. She just shoved a whole fucking spoon down someone's right? throat. Guests and tour guides have reported spotting a ghostly figure of a woman being beaten over the head in the kitchen. Um, while in the men's surgery ward, people report feelings of being, like, touched and pressed on. Mm others have reported being attacked hit and pinched um one time there was a touring visitor who was in the area of j ward and this visitor was violently like bitten on the neck oh shit examining the straitjackets like they were like showing them around and when they went outside like in the daylight there was like no sign of a bite but like people like saw it oh my god so it was there and like disappeared yeah Oh, that's awful. Yeah. When Taurus enter the lobotomy room, they'll report experiencing like excruciating headaches almost instantly, like when they walk in. Um, but the ultimate ghost account was a possession of a ghost hunter. Ooh. It was said that she was in a relatively dark area of the institution. Um, usually in this area, people report being pushed out by an unknown force. Anyway, all at once, this woman became unresponsive. And when her friends attempted to communicate with her, they said that her neck stretched back, her eyes rolled into the back of her head, and she quietly stood up and started walking the other direction. She continued to walk out of the building in this trance, and it wasn't until that she was outside that she came to her senses. Oh, shit. Yeah. So all in all, it is haunted as shit. Um, you can visit the Airedale asylum and do a two-hour ghost tour the property for about $40 a person or you could do an overnight visit for about $200 if, in your whole life if you dare I and yeah exactly I do not dare and that is my segment on the Airedale Lunatic Whew. Asylum I loved it I loved it. Yeah, it it was crazy. It
0: was so good. Yeah. That was crazy. I hated it and I loved it. Like, I I was... Love I was like, in the beginning, I was like, there's no way that that this is is haunted. Yeah. Like, where's she going
1: with this? You're doing so good. I was like, this is a great place. And and our energy is like... And he's like... And then I'm like... And then when you're in this room, you feel this. And it's like
0: but butchered lobotomies and dick sewing back on i'm like holy shit this is crazy we got really uh, limbs hanging i'm like holy fuck i mean yeah this place is haunted i can tell you right now you don't have to tell me anymore
1: yeah it's really messed up all asylums got some horrible Horrible.
0: terrorizing
1: stories yes
0: but that was a good story
1: thank you thank you We have partnered with Gaius Chest to offer you an exclusive discount on the brand new Sorry Marley collection.
0: Gaius Chess creates personalized crystal vial amulets.
1: Fill it with essential oils, moon water, or whatever you need to keep your space protected and clear.
0: Hang it in your car, around your neck, or just throw it in your purse to keep the good vibes flowing.
1: To see the crystal amulets offered, you can head over to Creeps and Crimes Instagram and click on the Sorry Marley collection post. Or Gaia's Chest Instagram, which is at Gaia's Chest. Use
0: code CREEPSANDCRIMES to receive 20% off of your order.
1: That's code CREEPSANDCRIMES.
0: Don't forget, this offer ends on January 30th, 2022. So be sure to place your orders now. Good vibes only. Looking to start your spiritual journey or connect with a loved one that has passed?
1: Psychic medium Susan Edwards with Angel Wings and Healing Things has the ability to kickstart your spiritual awakening.
0: Susan has over 30 years of experience and is a certified angelic medium with a passion for speaking to deceased loved ones while leading you on your spiritual journey.
1: Being a holy fire Karuna Reiki master and working with sound therapy, Susan has the ability to teach you all of the skills you need to protect, release, and grow your energy. I
0: personally have been seeing Susan since December of 2019. Throughout our time working together, she has brought me peace with my loved ones, helped me connect to my guides, and cleansed myself and my home many of times.
1: Wanna connect with your past life? Susan is a certified consulting hypnotist that has the ability to do just that. Susan is located in Knoxville,
0: Tennessee, and offers in-person or over-the-phone readings.
1: Because of the amazing lessons, readings, and healings that we have gotten, Taylor and I have decided to partner with Susan to bring you the same level of peace that she has delivered to us.
0: To get 10% off of your first reading with Susan, message Angel Wings and Healing Things on Facebook or text 704 562 three four seven six to set up your appointment telling her that we sent you
1: and you might need it after listening to us again that is 10 percent off your first reading message angel wings and healing things on facebook or text 704-562-3476 and tell her we sent you
0: did you miss our lash ads
1: well guess what we are back
0: with even more Afterlife Lash Extensions is a Knoxville-based lash studio that offers everything from classics to super volume.
1: Not in Knoxville? Or would you rather have falsies? Afterlife Lashes has it all with their own strip lashes for sale on Instagram at Afterlife Lashes.
0: All of their products are faux mink silk material that is vegan, cruelty-free and is sent to you in a reusable coffin packaging that is so cute and so on brand.
1: With three years experience and a three-time certified lash artist, Afterlife Lashes is here to give you the best experience possible.
0: Take a nap on their ultra-soft lash beds with great music and even better vibes.
1: Use our code CreepsAndCrimes to get 40% off your entire order of falsies on afterlifelashes.com.
0: to book an extension appointment dm afterlife extensions on instagram and mention creeps and crimes podcast to receive 40 percent off any service offered happy lashing
1: all righty taylor what do you got for us today okay so the case i have for you guys today
0: is a uh, german name so uh bear with me okay. it is um the case of dolly story and that's it. <laughs> I'm, okay, that's Dalio. one uh, only time. in her but her um like real name is Walb Well Walborga. Well Borga. Yes, thank you. My sources are all that's interesting.com, Milwaukee Murderpedia, The LA Times, Vintage News, The Lineup. Already did I say medium? No, Medium.com, Atlas Obscura. Time Magazine, Gizmodo.com, and a crime to remember on the ID channel. So Dolly was born in Germany in, I'm sorry, 1880, and she, her family moved, like, either right before or right after she was born, so they don't know really where she was born. Okay. There was, like, a mixed accounts on this, but... They moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which was in like a big area filled with a bunch of other German immigrants. Okay, And so at the age of 12, she began working in an apron textile mill that was owned and operated by Fred Oostery. I'm not saying it again after this. I swear to God.
1: Freddo. Yeah,
0: Freddo, who was also a German-American, and he did his best to provide jobs for German immigrants in the area. So he owned a few different mills and, like, companies, like apron factories situations, and he hired only German immigrants so they could speak their language, you know, be around people in their community. It was a really good situation. So during her time working at the mill, again, she started when she was 12. Fred took a liking to her.
1: Oh, gross. And
0: when Dolly turned 17, the two got married.
1: Holy shit.
0: Yeah, and like her family was stoked about this because he was super rich and this was perfect, you know? So, she was Fred's better half, and everyone knew it and everybody loved her. He was like a strict businessman, asshole type of dude, and she was always the one like handling everything, mm-hmm. like making like making nice with everybody. And he was really so invested in his businesses that it was taking the time and love and affection that Dolly wanted and craved to have. And on top of that, he was an extremely heavy drinker. So on August 27th, 1922, the couple was living in L.A. at the time. They had moved from Milwaukee to L.A. And their neighbors were hearing them fight, which was a common thing. But then they hear a gunfire. Oh, shit. Immediately, they call 911, and when police arrive at the scene, they find that Fred had been shot to death, and then they find Dolly locked in a closet that had been locked from the outside using a key, like in those old houses. Yep. And when they brought her out, she was distraught, like screaming and crying over her dead husband. She kept telling the police officers that a man had come into their home and was robbing them because they were extremely wealthy. Um, But when the man realized that the couple was home, he shoved Dolly into the closet. Fred tried to fight back and he was shot. So Dolly heard the man rustling through their belongings in a rush before leaving. Um, And the only reason the man left is because police, you could hear them coming. So the items missing from the home were all of the cash that was being stored in the couple's bedroom and a diamond watch that was on Fred's arm when he was shot. Investigators Rolex. (laughs) I don't know what it was Probably some like Awesome German Expensive brand Um, Investigators were able To determine that The gun used to kill Fred Was a 25 caliber Calibre Hello Caliber pistol There we go And their number one suspect, obviously, was Dolly, because really she was the only one in the house. And this just didn't look like a robbery gone wrong. Like, why would a robber walk into a house where the cars are outside, Mm -hmm. the lights are on, you can see people in the house? Like, it just made no sense. Well, Dolly hired Herman Shapiro to represent her. He was an attorney. And the prosecution really had no reasonable explanation as to how she could have locked herself in the closet with the key being locked from the outside and left in the floor. So she was set free. And after Dolly was released, she bought a new home and began navigating life as a widow, which is when her and her attorney, Herman, uh, fell in love. Oh, he eventually moved in with her, and similar to how her and Fred's relationship went, Herman had to work extremely long hours. He was an attorney, and he had to travel a lot. Therefore, she was home alone a lot. So she started having an affair with a man named Rob Klum. I'm only saying that once. Um, <laughs> And at this point, it was early 1923. So her and Herman had been together for a a year at this point. And um, they start having this affair. And once Herman was able to like, kind of like in an off season is the best way that I can describe it. They were with each other a lot. So Dolly decided to end things with Rob. And this pissed him off so much that he went to police with something interesting about Miss Dolly. So not long after the murder of her husband is when their relationship had begun. Um, And the murder was in 1922. And this is happening in 1923. And Dolly asked Rob to take a gun and throw it into the L.A. tar pits because it looked too similar to the one that murdered her husband.
1: Oh, it just looks similar.
0: Yeah. And Rob did it. He threw it in the tar pits. So, police were able to actually go and recover this. Uh-uh. Yes. And they arrested Dolly under suspicion. Well, once she was taken into custody, one of her neighbors came forward and said, Actually, I have a similar story, too. Dolly had asked them to do the same exact thing with another gun that's a 24 ca- 25 caliber. And this man had buried it in his rose garden and was able to give it to police. But because of the way that the guns were stored, they basically were completely like corroded like yeah. there was nothing that they could have used against evidence so she had to be released but f- before she was she had a, like a way to trial and she asked her lover lawyer boy herman mm. who was representing her to take food to her vagabond brother who was living in her attic and had been for 10 what? years yeah 10 years Whole years. Holy crap! Okay, so in order for Herman to be able to l- get the brother to open the attic door, he would have to learn a secret tapping code that only Dolly knew. Oh my god! So like, Dolly teaches it to him, and Herman returns home and takes like food and goes to the attic door, and he does the. And little- this is
1: Herman's house.
0: Yes, like Herman's living in this house has been for a year now. He does the tip tapping little code right. And, um, and, okay, wait, I'll get back to that in a second. Okay, (laughs) just, okay, here
1: we go. Okay, I'm not ready. So
0: he taps on it and this pale, thin, but like super kind man opens the door. And the man's name's Otto Sandhuber. And he was like so happy to see someone. He was like, oh my God. And he was like pouring his literal guts out. And Herman's like, hey, it's nice to meet you. I didn't know you were up here, you know, really? Like, who are you? And he's like, oh, well, my name's Otto. And Otto goes on to explain that he has been living in the attic since he was 17 years old. He moved from Milwaukee to L.A. with Dolly and lived there the entire time without Fred knowing for all of these years. Why, though? Otto used to be employed by Fred as a sewing machine repairman. And one day in 1913, 33-year-old Dolly called Fred while she, while he was at work and asked for him to send someone over to fix her sewing machine. So Fred sent Otto, and when Otto arrived, Dolly's sewing machine was not broken, but he did find Dolly wearing only stockings, makeup, and perfume. The two, he's not her brother, by the way.
1: Okay. Okay. The two
0: started having a very intense affair, to the point that Otto quit his job and stayed at Dolly's home while Fred was at work, and they would have sex for up to eight hours hours a day the stamina the eight (laughs) hours I mean are we all hearing this it, first insane. off, that's UTI City. Aww. Dolly's living there. She moved in. Like, oh, my, oh my God. She packed her bags she and moved into moved UTI there. City. Located in
1: the attic. And
0: she's like, honey, can you bring home some cranberry juice? <laughs> so I'm really
1: craving a cranberry I just vodka.
0: love cranberry juice some, for some reason. I don't know why. But in order to keep the neighbors quiet, because they were all seeing this kid literally showing up as soon as Fred would leave and leaving before he would come home, they, Dolly has auto move into the attic and this is how he got into the attic. And he like had a bed up there. He got three meals a day. He had lamps, books, snacks, writing materials. And during the day, he would clean around the home for Dolly and have sex. And like basically what? a sex slave. Okay. And at night, he was just like dead silent and would just read and write. And to him, this was like almost kind of perfect. He didn't have to work. He got food. All he had to do was like clean and have sex to be right, able to have like, this. And he besides loved
1: the whole cleaning part. That's a man's dream. Exactly.
0: But this was like his dream situation for right. any man, but also because he wanted to be a science fiction author. So he was like, I just get to read and write all day, get three meals, get a bunch of sex and sometimes clean, whatever, you know? Yeah. And he did that, and he spent all of his time writing. And what Dolly would do is, when he finished, he would give it to her, and she would send it all out to publishers. And so he was just like living the dream, yeah, literally living oh the my dream. God. But it really wasn't a dream because he was literally a sex slave that was right. an underage kid, and basically developed like Stockholm syndrome. Like yeah. you know, this is—I mean, you know—if you are doing and Dolly something, is a predator. Yeah, she's a predator. Okay. But Fred never knew about this. Fred had no idea that his wife had
1: uh, it, uh, a man in the attic. Yeah. like A, a boy in the a attic. A boy in the attic.
0: His former employee in the attic. Like, yeah. not a good situation. Sorry, I don't know why I started so hard. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just so much. So when the couple moved to L.A. in 1918, the only request that Dolly had about moving was that it had an attic. Which is extremely rare in L.A. So he had to like search. Fred had to search all over to find a house with the attic. Yeah. And once they found the perfect house, Otto left before Fred and Dolly did and moved fully into his new attic space and got settled before they came in with the moving company and got moved into the I whole be house. I would like,
1: hey, Dolly, let's check out the attic. Like, like you want to take so stuff bad. out there. Like, let's go look at it that you made me search high and low for. Yes. Let's go look at why it's so special. And where are you putting your shit at? Yeah. Is she just like, oh, I'll handle it. Don't worry. I got, I'll put the Christmas tree up there and like it throwing says it no up. no woman ever.
0: No, I would never. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, it's not my job. Um, so <laughs> Herman hearing all of this is like, okay, well, my girlfriend now has been turned into police by one of her lovers. And now I just found out that another one of her lovers has been living in the attic for 10 years. So Herman's like, get the hell out. Go, take your shit and leave. Like, I'm letting you go. You're no longer a sex slave. Get out. Yeah. And he did. He fled to Canada. He changed his name. And years later, he moved back to L.A. He got settled and he got married. Wow. Yeah, like just moved on.
1: Poor guy, honestly. So
0: let's go back to 1923. All right. He had a great life, whatever. The
1: original murder.
0: uh, No, no, no. This is a year after the murder. So Dolly Herman just tells him to leave. And Dolly is still in Waiting for trial. So Jollywood... Dolly.
1: Jolly. Good God. Jollywood. Dolly
0: was in jail because of the guns being, you know, disposed of by the lover and the neighbor. And the guns were, you know, too messed up to get any evidence off. So they had to let Dolly go. They had to let her go. They had no other reason. Herman and Dolly stayed together for years after this. And their two... The two lovers wasn't enough to break their passionate love. Oh, okay. So... That is until seven years later in 1930 when Dolly gifts Herman a watch. Mm. And it wasn't just any watch. It was the same watch that had been stolen off of her dead late husband's wrist, wrist Fred, at the time of his murder.
1: Oh, my God. And
0: Herman's like, thank you, um, but... How the hell did you find this? Yeah. And she's like, oh, well, you know, whenever we were moving. in the attic. Yeah. She was like, whenever they were moving, I was going around the yard, you know, just looking for anything. And I stepped on it and I found it. But it was I didn't want to turn it in because it would be incriminating for me. So I just kept it. It's been 10 years now. So like, whatever. Well, this did not sit well with Herman, obviously. So he sat up all night thinking about this watch. And then like the pieces fell together for him. The lover and the addict. The missing watch, the drunk Fred, the two guns that were twenty-five caliber being hidden away and disposed of, and so the next day Herman goes to police and tells them that he has enough evidence to prove that Dolly killed her husband at the aid of Otto San Huber.
1: Oh my God! And that
0: day the two of them were both arrested. Dolly was arrested for conspiracy, and um, Otto was arrested for manslaughter and the media dubbed Otto the Batman and called this entire case the Batman trials uh-uh. because of his like lair cave yes. situation. So Dolly's charges um ended up being dropped and Are so you did shitting? Otto's because of the statute of limitations and really like people have Ten a lot years. of sympathy for him because like he was literally an underage sl- sex slave, yeah. you know? So both of their they couldn't be tried for anything. So, yeah, um, Dolly died at the age of 80 in 1961. But do you want to know what happened on that day? Yeah. The truth. OK, so Dolly and Fred had gotten into a really loud, heated argument. And at some point, some shit got thrown around. Someone threw something. And when Otto heard this, he was thinking that Dolly was in danger. And so he runs downstairs with two 25 caliber guns. He was double fisting. OK, he comes down <laughs> And the attic was only accessible from Fred and Dolly's shared closet in their master bedroom Uh, uh. in the roof. Yes. So he comes down. He runs out. And so Fred sees Otto, his former employee who had left literally nine years ago at this point, um, come out of the bedroom in L.A., which is in a completely different state side of the country. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? Holding two guns. Holding two guns. One in
1: each hand. Out of
0: his room. And so these two like get in a big fight. They're like screaming, punching, fighting Otto each and other. And so Otto gets free and shoots Fred three times using both of the guns. <laughs> There's not like six, it was just like Boom. two with the right hand and one with the left. Oh my, one, two, one. Yeah, yeah, one, two, one. Quick little one, two, one action. <laughs> And so acting fast, Dolly grabs the guns. She grabs the watch and the money and she tells Otto to lock her in the closet and throw the key down but, and to run back up to the attic, taking all the stuff up to be sure he does not like spread any blood anywhere. So Otto locks Dolly into the closet and throws the key on the ground after wiping it free of fingerprints and fled to the attic when hearing police approaching. Once Dolly was proven innocent before Herman met Otto... And Dolly still insisted that she stayed in the attic, despite the fact that he stayed in the attic, despite the fact that she had an entire home that only belonged to her at the point, at that point, because she liked him better in the attic.
1: Ew!
0: And that's a fucked up case of the love Ew. psycho. So she
1: literally was like getting off at the fact that he was locked up in her attic yes. and like, like at her, at her disposal. Ew! Ew.
0: So gross.
1: Ew. Ew. I don't like that. I'm happy
0: that Otto didn't get charged. Yeah. Like, honestly. I
1: mean, he was manipulated. He He was. was,
0: Yeah. He really was manipulated. He was was really like a victim in all of this, too. Yeah. Dolly, could they not have made just one exception? Right. To put her away. Right. But whatever.
1: So she died when she was 80? Yeah, she died when she was 80. Oh, I'm proud of Otto for figuring out his life yeah living i wonder if he was an author i tried to
0: look it up i can't really find much oh
1: yeah because like he did that for years and years and years i bet going i bet now he could have wrote like after all not now but like after all of this Mm -hmm. like you know in the 2000s or 1990s whenever he could have written a crazy ass book about Uh, his life
0: i I literally want to look it up pause well, okay, we figured it out. No book. No, nothing that we know of. He could have been. Yeah. I mean, for all we know, he's like some famous author. He changed his name and
1: yeah. never talked about it again. Oh, my gosh. What a story. <sighs> yeah. What a twisted love I, I've been doing a lot story. of love
0: dramas lately. Yeah. A lot of, telenovela. yeah, a of telenovelas. Yeah. That is a
1: telenovela. Yeah, that one's crazy. We're, crazy. to get Jane the Virgin out here?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. Loved it. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, you ready to get to our TFUs? Yeah. All right, guys. If you don't want to stay for the TFUs, we'll see you guys next Thursday
1: um, for episode 70. Episode 70. Scenes. Hopefully 70s themed. Yeah,
0: 70s scenes. We, we yeah, have to do. We no, have why to not do. at
1: this point? Like, why not? Yeah, we have to. All right. Um, love you. Bye. If you're driving, slow the fuck down. If
0: you're drinking, don't fucking drive. And remember,
1: this, this is totally, totally fucked
0: up. Okay. So, we have so much to catch you guys up on.
1: Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay. we go to Nashville last yes. weekend. Right? Um, story one. Where should we start? Oh, first off, Noodle found our yes, dress. Yes, yes. So, oh, wait, tell cute. them why we went to Nashville. Yes, we went to Nashville to go wedding dress shopping for Noodle, who was our roommate in college and and she found the most gorgeous... gorgeous. Wedding dress Gorgeous. ever. I can't wait to plaster it everywhere. Oh my God. It's going to be all our story. Okay. Like, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. You guys are going to love it. Anyway, so we were scheduled for three three dress stores yes um luckily she found it at the second one Mm -hmm. which gave us more time to drink and get down and dirty get
0: boogie with it so
1: we went back to the hotel we relaxed a little bit yeah you know we took
0: a little nappy wrap, more like a phone nap correction like
1: a phone nap yeah Yeah, we didn't really nap but then we were like okay well let's go to broadway because we were with um madison's bestie from memphis Baylor, baylor and she had never been to nashville like to you know party it up yeah. So we were like oh well you have to experience Broadway Yeah
0: cause the night before we just went to like a chill Like rooftop bar yeah, we and like LA sat out yeah.
1: yeah and so we take ba- Baylor to Broadway and we're like we're Starving we mind you guys it's on, on this day This is hours before This is at like 8am we Literally. both we each had two chicken nuggets each from McDonald's. That's it. We ordered two four pieces, and we had two chicken nuggets each. That was it. So and two coffees. We were starving, dying. Starving. So we we're like, okay, well, let's go eat somewhere. So we're walking, and we're like looking at this place. We're like, nah, nah, nah. We're like, Mellow Mushroom. That would perfect. be perfect. That would be a great place. So we're, great vibes. We whip it in there, but I don't think it's like the Mellow Mushroom here. No, is it? it's not at all. As a matter of fact, it was like. It was a club. It was awesome. It was a club that served pizza,
0: awesome. good pizza. There was like a live band and this like she was amazing. amazing. The singer was amazing. She was singing every 90s pop rock, all of the grunge, all of the country, all of the throwback rock. Like it was Great! I mean,
1: we were loving it. We were eating slices, oh, and we were like, "Well, we're not gonna drink a lot because this big yeah. snowstorm's coming. We're gonna have to get up early, at like seven, and yeah, drive to beat the storm." Easy. Let's just take it easy. Show her, show her Broadway. Get a bite of pizza. Yeah, like just be chill. I mean, so we're we wear in chill jeans. outfits. Yeah. We wear hoodies. Literally, I had a hoodies. hoodie on. So in layers, my anytime, hair's in a bun. Anytime I'm dressed relaxed and chilled it's when you can drink the most that's when you can drink the most and we did just we that. murdered it and especially noodle yes. murdered it so
0: the band starts uh playing mr Brightside, and immediately noodles out and she's ru- no no it was Paramore, it was Paramore, runs over and she's screaming and she's banging her head and she's, she's jumping, jumping up and crazy. down like a noodle that's why yes. we call her noodle yes so she then Mr. Brightside comes on, and we all
1: four go over there, and we abandon our bags, like break rule number one. I was literally like looking at Taylor. I was like, "Your purse," and, and then she's I, like, "I'm looking at it," and yeah. we we're both watching it. But like, still, like we were that drunk. Yeah. we would never, never. Do that. And I left my drink on the table without a top on it. Like, I, why would I ever do that? Wait, and then we come back, and you go, "I left my drink on the table," and I was like we both stuck our we both stuck our fingers in our drinks and looked at our nail polish to see if like it had changed and we looked at each other and said it's good gave each other a thumbs up and started drinking it and Baylor's like what did you guys just do we're like checking it to see if it was um drugged she's like with your nails we're like yeah nail polish that detects drugs she's like that's so cool I was like well wait we don't have that on we don't have that nail polish we have
0: it we just don't don't have it on
1: we were just I don't we're know what idiots. we No we were literally thinking It was going to change Our nail color Yeah like I
0: was convinced In my mind I was like Yeah if I stick my fingernail In here it's going to change The nail color Which that should be a thing Yeah All nail polish Should be able to detect If you've been like right. Okay yeah. we, we weren't Like okay We know now that we were not Yeah Don't ever do that Don't listen us. So you know, we're drinking. We sat down for maybe five seconds and I had gone over before and I was just watching because I was getting too nervous about our stuff. So um, I'm watching them and the noodle comes over and noodle sits down her phone and walks off. And at this point, I'm talking to Baylor and Morgan goes, I've got to go check on her. I'm like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. So Morgan walks behind me and she comes running back and I can see her running from across the bar and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and she's like, get the checks. She's throwing up. There's a security guard. I'm like, okay, said, get the checks. <laughs> get the checks. So I'm like, oh, I'll take the checks all in one, please. Thank you. Okay,
1: so I'm like grabbing the checks. And Okay, you go from so here. Okay, so I run over there. Noodle's walking down the stairs. Because you know National Bars, you have to go upstairs to pee or downstairs, it's so whatever. Annoying. So she's walking down the stairs, doesn't even make eye contact with me, goes straight for a trash can. Well, this guy, worker, sees us. He takes sprinting off to the security guard. So I'm trying to block her, acting like, oh, we're just checking the we're trash just can. Looking, we lost our ring. We're just <laughs> looking in here. And he walks over. And I was like, don't worry, we're getting our checks, sir. Like, I was don't trying worry, to be Anna. really nice. He's like, well, she still has to leave. And Madison, you guys, looks up. <laughs> at him dead eyes and says I made it in the trash can didn't I and this guy's like all right, fine. You can say, but you are cut off. No
0: more drinking.
1: So she did not like that answer because she that's how that's just what she does. Yeah, like she how she, does. she doesn't like drink too much. That mm-hmm. makes her sick. Like she just will always get sick because everything irritates her, her everything. stomach. She has really bad stomach issues. Yeah. So she came back and she was like, "Well, I'm ready to drink again." And we're like, <laughs> "Okay, well, we're gonna have to leave." So we get our bill. It's like a two hundred and twenty dollar bill, and yes. fifty of it was food. F-
0: only fifty of it was food. Let so. that sink in.
1: It is national prices, but still let that sink in. Yeah.
0: So then we leave there and we're literally like crossing the street to leave. And I'm and we're because like we were gonna go to Tootsie's. Yeah, we were gonna go to Tootsie's and that line was like incredibly yeah. too long. So Morgan's like, let's go to nudies because I have a club. Yeah, and we're like, okay, dope. So we walk in and there's these two badass bitch rock band these two girls one's literally standing on top of this tall speaker and her best friends like singing the chorus. she's like that's my best friend and she's like she gets on like both amazing voices i'm like we're not ever leaving this place so we like headbang with them for a bit and then we're like okay let's go upstairs because that's where that like the dj is yeah so we go up and there's like not a soul up there it's like really spaced out there's people but they're like completely spaced spaced out so it like was kind of perfect. Yeah, like, it was perfect. But it was 100 <laughs> degrees. It was literally... It was two degrees outside. <laughs> and we have outside. hoodies on. I have a hoodie and a giant puffer vest on. Yes, I have on a flannel, a hoodie, a tank top, and <sighs> jeans. My hair is pulled up, and I have on boots. And so we get... We get some, we get like three rounds of shots, two rounds of shots? Uh, three, I
1: think. Yeah, three
0: rounds of shots. We all get a drink. We're just like sipping on it, sitting in the corner. Like some people... Like two of us were sitting, two of us were dancing. We would just rotate. And all of our shits, like, all of our layers are literally piled up. And so I had taken off everything and put on my tank top. And Noodle, I look over at her. She's green. She is literally green. So I, I take out my hair top, my hair clip that I have in. We pull her hair up. And she still has on this big sweatshirt. And she's, like, sweating. She's, like, turning white. <laughs> and she
1: passes out easily. Oh,
0: she passes as long as I've known this a bit, she's like a fainting goat. She was immediately on the ground. Like it it just happens. Yeah. So especially when she gets too hot. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, here, I'm going to take off my shirt, (laughs) but your, take off your shirt and put my shirt on and I'll put back on the switch. Let's get naked in the bar. So we literally in the corner of this bar, take off our shirts, switch and then, you know, Whatever. So at this point, we're like, okay, we need to go. Like, this is not a good situation. Like, she's already getting sick. So we walked And we were trying stairs. to
1: make Shake Shack by yes, 1045. we go. had to get
0: to Shake Shack. So we're walking down the stairs, and a new band had come on. And this band's going crazy. They're going crazy. And the crowd was not giving them the hype that they deserve. Right. So we all four make our way up to the front. No, we cut everybody, everybody off. Everybody off. We get up to the front. We're right in front of the speaker. We're literally, like, Head headbanging, banging. screaming the song, Whipping our necks around. Down, like going
1: crazy. Craziness. And the guy. Okay, you do. So this. this the guy, this lead singer, um, he's like, I don't know if you guys all he stopped singing mid song. He's like, mid-song. I don't know if you guys all know this, but we have a celebrity here with us tonight. We're all like, oh my god. And we're all who, like, who's here? Who? Who's here? This is crazy. This is crazy. And he points to Taylor and he goes, This girl right here, Taylor. We're like, what? And we're literally geeking out. I'm screaming, she has a podcast, she's a podcaster, she's, she's a, a celebrity, podcaster. she has a she's podcast. Celebrity. She's famous on TikTok. I'm going crazy. I'm like, she has a celebrity. And so he um leans the video. leans over and yeah, you can play the audio. Yeah, let me play the audio for you guys because it is. And priceless. it's like the main
0: chorus of the song. What was the song? I can't remember the name. Song. You'll you'll know it as soon as I play it for you guys. Okay, this is
1: the Snapchat recording. From Morgan, so you can hear her. Scream. That's me screaming. <laughs> oh
0: Wait.
1: is a celebrity. she you gonna a my? She's a She's a podcaster She's a Oh my God, <laughs> sorry, we probably just blew your speakers. Oh my God, it was so crazy. It was so crazy. So then we were like, Madison and Baylor like, we gotta get to Shake Shack because Baylor yeah. was craving Shake Shack. And me and Taylor are like, okay, well, we'll stay for a little bit. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. We can't leave, we this can't guy leave now. now. We can't leave now. We just, ours on the mic. We're, we're, we're famous. Groceries. Yeah. We're, we're getting in the car with him and we're going on tour with him. <laughs> So then, anyway, we end up leaving. We We sit there
0: for two seconds. I'm like, this is not a good idea. We need to go. We can't separate. Yeah, we
1: go to Shake Shack, and we all get burgers, and then Madison is like a freaking speed walk! oh my god and so madison and baylor are like a mile ahead of us walking back to the hotel which i have no idea why we walked it wasn't a bad walk but it, it was also raining and it was like freezing rain because it yeah. was really cold it felt good though and we were loving it they were freezing they were dying. And me so and morgan like this feels great out here we have a picture of our faces walking back it's the <laughs> funniest picture ever it's hilarious
0: maybe it'll go on our story i think it has to go on our story it's too ah, good
1: it was so much fun we, we had, had so, so much, much
0: fun, fun. And then these girls offered us their umbrella. Yeah. And we vlogged the entire thing. It's, it's on uh, my YouTube channel, yeah. but I'm not going to be releasing it until... Um probably i don't know let me know if you want to watch it i might release it yeah just release it i think i'm gonna release it okay it's on my youtube channel it's taylor jane fetzner f-e-t-z-n-e-r it's a brand new channel i just started because she's gonna be youtube famous too yeah i'm trying to get youtube famous um but you have to go watch the entire vlog all of the snapchat videos are in it all of the pictures of us like everything drunk It's it's hilarious so go check it out it's gonna be on there i'll release it right now so Anyways, that's it. That's
1: it. That was our weekend. It was
0: crazy. It was crazy. We had the craziest time. And before we sign off, um, today is the one year anniversary of the Black Eyed Kids episode.
1: Oh, great. Thank you for putting that name into my mind while I leave tonight.
0: Yes. So um, if you guys don't know what that is, that's the first um, haunted case that I ever covered and i covered it because the day before i got fired from my job publicly on news and social media and it was awful and it was literally just a bunch of bullshit and it's been a year since then and um literally a week before the one year anniversary of the day that i let like the lowest i've ever been in my life a week before you guys show up and you blow up this thing that we have been Pouring everything that we have left into it, and I just love you guys so much. I'm not crying yet. I'm really working on not crying. And we have some
1: really big news that we will probably share with you guys next week. We'll let you know
0: next week. Let's just know.
1: Let we'll let you know if you're still hanging on with us. Then we'll, we'll let you know. We'll give you a little hint. We signed our names on something
0: yeah on just something we don't know what it is yeah
1: could Um, be an autograph from the bar who knows
0: knows? um we weren't recognized twice for the podcast so those people that saw us um hi we appreciate you and we love you (laughs) um but yeah so that's it we love you guys so much you guys mean the world to us and you make things a lot easier you
1: make the world go round you do
0: you make the world go round you
1: are our girl
0: yeah I'm boys. Yeah, <laughs> give me a mic okay Um, alright that's all we have for you guys today on episode 69 we <laughs> love you guys
1: we love this episode
0: yeah we love this episode hope you guys love it too I know it's a little not dark but we had to take a break yeah. our Patreoners were like
1: our yeah. Patreoners are like are you guys okay <laughs> our Patreoners are
0: literally like having to go get cleansed right now like that that's so we we're had like, to you guys it are really fucked up
1: right yeah, now yeah I mean,
0: so, we really were in a dark maybe space maybe lighten it up <laughs> yeah okay we'll return back to the, the 70s next week which will probably be something dark because I feel like every serial killer
1: hanging out da,
0: da, da, we get on there with that da, as our new it.
1: Crimes, da, da. we're gonna make a new one if you've been with us since episode one you know we love to sing yeah alright love you guys love you bye